Welcome to the Injury Law Pod, the podcast that explores and demystifies the complex world of personal injury law. Each week, Missouri personal injury attorney Eric Bartlett dives into the legal issues surrounding personal injury cases to help you understand your rights and options when seeking justice and compensation for personal injuries. The information Eric shares will help level the playing field if you have a personal injury claim. So sit back, relax, and let's explore the world of personal injury law together. Welcome back to another episode of the Injury Law Pod. I am your host, Eric Bartlett, 28-year personal injury attorney, and this is the podcast where we talk about everything personal injury law related. Today, we have a guest who has a unique background, both as someone who has been involved in a car accident and sustained serious injury, and then also has a background in um, working with the body and most recently um, utilizing yoga, Pilates, things like that to really enhance mobility in the body. And she's here today to discuss um, the relationship between activity and your body and you know how to prevent injury and how to recover from injury and so with that i introduce mandy fralick and mandy welcome thank you and why don't you uh just tell everybody a little bit about your background okay so do you want me to go back through to like my injury or you want me to just start where do i start sure why don't you start back injury? when you were injured and okay. go from there okay so when i was 16 which has been a minute ago, I was in a car accident, a single car accident. I broke my neck. It was a C2 fracture. It's also known as a hangman's fracture. So it was pretty bad. I was life flighted. I, at the time, lived in a small town. So I was life flighted to Kansas City, uh, to Children's Mercy since I was 16. No other hospital would take me. And I had a Halo, it was a device that, if you're not familiar, I don't think they do a ton of them anymore, but uh, screws here, had a good head shave, and then uh, more screws here, and that was on for about three months, and then from there, there was another year recovery just with a neck brace and immobility of the neck so the neck could heal, so the bones could heal, and from that point on, uh, I just had a pretty stiff neck. I was kind of turning my head. I was kind of moving like this because that was in 1999. There wasn't a lot of physical therapy involved with the neck. My neurosurgeon told me to just be careful. Don't bungee jump or skydive, which has always stuck with me because like, I am so afraid of heights. I would never do that anyway. And then I went to college and I, I just, I think I always had a, a, a passion for movement. I danced growing up and then went to college and decided to study exercise science and got a master's in exercise physiology. And then from there, logically, not really, but it just happened. I became a personal trainer and I trained thousands of people over the last 20 years. And then from there, I kind of had this, I, you know, when you do something for a long time, I just kind of was ready for a new challenge. So several years ago, I decided to become a yoga instructor. I had been practicing yoga for a lot of years and really developed a love for it. 
as a student and then decided that I wanted to be a teacher. And then backtrack, I've been I've been teaching Pilates for like 20 years just because it's always felt really good. And with Pilates, it is all about the health of the spine. So the belief there is that the body, if our spine is healthy, our body is healthy. So core stability, spinal stability, and a lot of mind muscle connection. And so about a year ago, almost a year, I opened a yoga studio in Liberty. We do yoga and Pilates called The Practice. And that has been a fun, exciting adventure to help people who are really excited about stepping into understanding their body with mobility, with core stability, with just, uh, it's a little, it's kind of, you know, it's not new, but it is new to our area. And I do think that it's something that people are grasping onto with, oh, I want to age and I want to be able to move well. So yeah, that's me. Okay, great. And I, you told me um, off air that with regards to your injury and um, like you just indicated, you kind of were released from care with no real follow-up, but then at some point down the road, you found some help. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So because there was no real program, it was just kind of like, hey, there you go. And, you know, I was 16 so, or 17, I think, when I was released where, okay, you can just kind of do things. But I really couldn't. I was I was in a lot of pain and stiffness and it just was kind of awkward. So I eventually found an amazing physical therapist. Shout out to Modern Physical Therapy, Esteban. He owns Modern Physical Therapy. It's on North Oak. He, Their team is amazing and he really understands the body from an osteopathic view where he was able to really isolate what was going on with my neck, why it was stiff, why it wasn't moving. And he, he was actually like, Hey, I can help you. You know, absolutely. I can help you. He helped me regain mobility in my neck and it was not a quick thing. It was a, it was an old injury. I found him about five years ago or so. And it was, it was a, a year or two of recovery where he was working with me to help me be able to move any kind of he knew already some things that I was doing. He was like, stop popping your neck, like stop moving your neck like that. I didn't even tell him that. He just knew. But some things that he told me, hey, I need you to stop doing this and we're going to start doing this. And uh, ultimately, my neck feels great. You know, the one thing I learned is that I've over the years, I've had scans on my neck and I had some imaging that shows spondylosis. I can't ever say that word. Um, some different things that that are are not great when you look at the structure and the anatomy of my neck on a x-ray or a scan. And the cool thing about it is I really don't have any of those symptoms. Like you can see it on the scan, but it's not something that I, what you see on the scan and what I actually live with in, in the real world and daily living isn't, um, they don't match up. I don't have headaches every day. I don't really suffer. I mean, my neck is not going to be like somebody who didn't sustain my injury. I will always have just some things, but it is so much better than it could be because I think I have a passion for feeling better. I don't know. And the movement, you know, it was just the finding someone who's able to help me. 
And what you told me, I mean, you lived with years, right? Yeah, with, it was like 15 years. Yeah, before thing. finding him. Yeah, yeah. And I, I tried different, you know, it's just, it was just so nothing really clicked. And I was always just kind of going back for more care and more care and more care. And what was great about learning from Esteban and then also taking Pilates and yoga. And, and really at some point it all just kind of meshed. If anybody is familiar with anatomy, you learn in layers. You, you know, I can learn a lot from a textbook, from college courses, but I learn a lot by working with people, a lot just moving in my own body and trial and error and understanding it. And so one day things just kind of all clicked. I think I took a, a continuing education course on functional movement. It was a functional movement screen. And I realized oh my gosh, like I, I need to put some things together. And, and it just, I kind of all clicked for me. And so that's when I reached out to um, Esteban and he was able to kind of help guide me into this next direction, which ultimately helped me understand my body better, which translated to also the people that I work with and then beyond. Got it. So then moving forward, uh, you know, so obviously in my world, I, see injured people every day. And I see people that, um, whether it's a back, a neck, shoulder, knee, whatever it may be, you know, they've had a, a serious injury, um, maybe have had surgery, maybe have gone through some physical therapy, but then again, they continue to, you know, have the after effects of that. And so I guess just you know, a question I would have for you is based on, again, your personal experience, but then obviously kind of your years of um, all the education you have and the practice that you've been involved in um, with learning about the body and movement and things like that. Just, you know, what what do you see as a, a good way of recovering from injury and then probably also preventing further injury, those kinds of things. Yeah. I think there's uh not an there. I think there's a blueprint for everyone, but everybody is also slightly different. The, I feel like my message right now is the body will adapt your body that you're in right now that you are, maybe you've got the pain of whatever injury you've sustained. It doesn't have to be that way forever. Your body will adapt. It adapts to stillness. It adapts to movement. And that's really empowering. However, when you have an injury, there is an emotional piece that goes into it. You, you know, depression can set in feeling just crappy mentally because what you could do before you can't do without pain. Or maybe you, you know, like to go hike mountains and your back hurts and now you can't do that. Like there's an element of just mental health to consider when you are sitting in a lot of pain. Um, I, what happened for me was I, I, the reason I found Esteban actually was I found him through somebody else who had referred me, but he is somebody who teaches other people. And I really found that I am drawn to people who like to teach. So he teaches other physical therapists and he has a lot of interns that come in. He likes teaching. And so he understands the body so well um, that I was able to kind of go in and, and kind of get that care. But I think ultimately 
knowing that your current situation, it doesn't have to be a permanent situation, but it's finding the right people to surround you, to help you. Because I, what I found is I could not do it on my own. I did need to get help. And I did that in the form of obviously physical therapy, but I also took a lot of courses in the body. And that includes continuing edu education within my scope of practice, personal training at the time, um, as well as yoga and Pilates. So that kind of was something unique to me that doesn't really, uh, you know, fit with everybody. But I think that understanding that you can move forward in some way, it just might not be like doing nothing, or maybe you've got the, the shoulder injury. Maybe it's just some small movements and maybe it's painful, you know, but um, I really like to coach people in moving their body, understanding their body, listening to their body, because it's going to give them information that they can move forward with. And let's not just uh, brush over the mental aspect of it, because, again, that's another thing that I see very uh, commonly with people that I've represent that are injured. And, you know, for one, they've been injured. Like you said, they're in pain. They cannot do things that they were doing. You know, I represent a lot of injured workers. Um, so, yeah, I see a lot of people that just have this hitting them all at once. And so what are you seeing? What are you finding? Again, personal experience, people that you've worked with. I mean, what can help people kind of work through that mental side of things? That is a great question. I honestly think if you've been through some sort of traumatic event, going to see a counselor would be huge. I did not do that when I was 16. I lived in this just like, bleh. but I've worked through that since then with a counselor. There's no shame in that game. And honestly, it helped me move past, like, especially if it's, if it is a traumatic event. I mean, it was traumatic for me. I would, I came over a hill. It was a single car accident, but uh, I vividly remember I was driving and the car spun and then it flipped and it flipped and it flipped and we landed upside down. And I blacked out for a lot. I don't remember everything because it was very traumatic and it was scary. And so there is something to be said for really walking through what you went through. And in any sort of trauma, they say that there are two avenues that aren't really healthy to go down. One is that you pretend like it didn't happen and you try to ignore it and avoid it and sweep it under the rug. Or the other avenue is it is all that ever happened to you. My neck is everything. My neck pain, you know, Esteban it kind of joke. I mean, he's, we have a good relationship and he, he jokes with me that I have the neck of an 80 year old. And I kind of do when you look at an image and when you look at some of my symptoms, I do, but that is not my whole life. You know, it happened and 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 walking through that, that it happened and with a licensed professional and, but it's not my whole life and it happened and I'm not going to avoid that it happened. Um, but for me, it's a very clear purpose of, wow, that happened. I walked through it and um, I got help. I think that, you know, getting help from, or, or talking through it with a friend or somebody, you know, nearby um, that can help you and not it's just easy to numb out, right? It's easy to to go to different things, food, alcohol, whatever, to numb out and not feel those feelings. But know that that is very normal for every single person who's been through some sort of a, a traumatic injury. 
Good. Yep. And then as far as on the um, physical side, I, I mean, you and I, so obviously we know each other. We know that we're both very active. Um, and let's just talk about exercise and activity and um, and even dial in on what it is that you're doing um, specifically with mobility and the importance of that. But I think all those things can really play into keeping a positive mindset, even in um, tough times. And again, you know, obviously I see people that are seriously injured at the, at that moment in time, obviously they're not exercising. They're not doing things um, because of the significant limitations they have, but usually there's another side there's, there's coming out of that. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, just talk about that. Yeah. Coming, coming out of the, the injury and like after rehab, after going through rehab, yeah, you know, let's say you, you've gotten through the injury, the treatment, you've been released, you know, what, what's a good path forward? Yeah. Well, the path forward is to get to know your body. And we have lived uh, in this modern world where we ignore our body. We sit in chairs, we sit in desks, and that's totally fine. But we can ignore our body and sit still for eight hours and then get up and like, oh, my back hurts. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was telling you the other day that I was on um, an elliptical and I was like, I'm going to do 20 minutes on the elliptical. And my back, I was in a hotel and my back, I think it was from just not sleeping in my normal bed. And so my back was just talking to me. And I was like, I have to stop. I have to stop because I can't do this today. This is not a good day for this. And so listening to your body is huge. Every single day, we have a different version of our body. And in a yoga class, I will often say, okay, I did the... Uh, I, I have my own practice that I do on my own. And then I will often just take what I know and I will do it in class. And I... The other day I was saying, okay, we're going to try this and this might feel great. It might not feel great. Just see how it goes. Uh, yesterday I did this and my back felt like garbage. Like it was a no-go. Today it actually feels pretty good. Like I'm going to go into this. So listening to your body and understanding that every single day is going to be different. And the other thing is that we oftentimes get lured into the this, this glamorous huge exercise, you know, go big or go home. That's kind of gone like these days, like go big or go home, especially if you're coming off of an injury. It's really just moving, seeing how it feels, realizing today might not be the day, but I'm going to do what I can. And listening to the body, being aware, being conscious, not pushing through. I always say sharp shooting pain, no good. Just stop. Don't even do it not worth it. That's a red flag. You're doing something that is not going to be beneficial tomorrow or the day after that. Dolakey, maybe. But if you can kind of get to know your body and realize like these are the things that work and they, these are the things that don't work and every day is going to be different, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead. And not only that, you're going to continually be able to advance your body because you're listening to it. And again, the body adapts. It adapts. You know, if we sit in a chair every single day and we don't do any mobility training, you might notice that your hips are tight. I 
uh, on Instagram and on Facebook, I will post different mobility exercises. Everybody goes crazy for the hip mobility and the shoulder mobility because we have tight shoulders and tight hips and our shoulders and our hips are designed to move 360, like a lot of movement there, but we just don't move them. And that's like not a shameful thing. It's just, we don't move them. So the body adapts. So if the body adapts to that, it's also going to adapt to movement. It's just being cautious and careful. And there is something to be said for when you're coming off of an injury, uh, maybe it's a back injury. I see this all the time. It, we're very careful. We're overly protective because we remember how badly that hurts. And that's okay. You know, realizing that, okay, I'm going to be probably a little overprotective of this area because I'm nervous. I'm scared. There's a little fear around it. But um, I would suggest, you know, if you aren't sure what, where to go, find somebody who does yoga and Pilates, any sort of mind body connection or a trainer that is really connected to the anatomy and the sensations. I worked with a trainer for many years and one of his favorite things was, where do you feel that at? And I would say that, you know, to my clients, where do you feel that at? And a lot, a lot of times we're like, I don't even know where I felt that at because we're just not connected in online. So it's training our brain and our body to work together and go, oh, I feel that here. So another thing that you and I talked about was, um, so I shared with you, you know, I'm a long time back pain sufferer. Thank God I have not ever had to have surgery or anything, but I do have some bulging discs. I've had epidural shots. Um, and for me personally, I have found that, um, stretching. So stretching seems to be like a huge deal to combat recurring big problems. Um, again, I think being active, you know, obviously plays into that, but truthfully, I, the stretching component of it, I, I just feel like if I start to get tight, that's when, you know, tight hamstrings lead to tight but yeah, I just think the uh, the stretching component is so huge. And you, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, stretching as it relates to recovery from injury. And probably what? Injury prevention? Oh, totally. I mean, everything? Yeah. Yeah, just talk about it. I think that stretching, if we think about the body as a unit and we don't stretch, our body is just kind of, is there. And as we age, it just kind of... <laughs> I don't know. I heard somebody once say that we like, as we age, we just like shrivel up, <laughs> you know? And we do like, we, we realize as we talk to people who are older, that, ah, they're tighter, their back hurts, their joints hurt, the, you know, all the things. Conversely, what I found, I have this hobby where we go to different towns and I will check out, and I've done this for a couple, uh, at least 15 years. I'll check out new yoga studios and I'll always be fascinated with the people that I meet that are that are way older than me. They're maybe in their 60s or 70s even. And they are moving amazing. And that is, to me, this testimony of the body adapts. So with stretching, the, the great thing in my yoga teacher would say, the hamstrings will lengthen. My husband has has had the tightest hamstrings. He's always, you know, I couldn't, the joke was in the sit and reach test, he couldn't touch the the even the, whatever the yardstick or whatever. I don't even know if they do that anymore, <laughs> but he wasn't able to, to do that. Well, the, 
the issue is that he just wasn't, he was avoiding it. So sometimes we just avoid things that we're not good at because it's easier to do the things that we're good at, especially when it relates to physical activity. So, you know, runners like to run, lifters like to lift, all, uh, you know, all the, all the things. But if, if we can incorporate, and I was, when I was training, I was definitely doing this. I would do my strength training and I would do my cardio or whatever it was. And I would, barely stretch just because I just didn't feel like it was that important. And what happened was I went to a yoga class in another city and I was like, oh my word, you know, and I age too. Age helps like, mm. okay, I'm 40 now and I need, I want to age a certain way. I want to be able to balance on one leg well, uh, because that's ankles, that's uh, uh, stability, that's hip stability. But I also want to be able to move and stretch because what I realized is my stretching and my lack of stretching and my lack of length in my muscles was also tied to my nervous system. So uh, I was like this and my nervous system was kind of like that and it was protective. And I think part of it was probably my injury and just trying to protect my body. So when you're coming off of an injury, it's easy for the body to just kind of be real real tight like that. So knowing that stretching will actually help you kind of move a little bit better, move in a way that will reduce your reduce your risk of injury because the body parts that are designed to move, the hips, the shoulders, the hamstrings can move. If those parts are locked up, what typically takes over? The lower back, the, you know, the parts that aren't really supposed to, they're, they can move, but they're not designed to move like that but they have to move because the other parts aren't. So I think that it really goes into a holistic approach of wellness. And it does feel like as a whole, we're moving towards that because we realize there's a better way. There's also specific ways to stretch without hurting yourself. You know, the sharpshooting pain, we don't want that. We also don't want to, if you're, if you're just thinking just as a rule of thumb, I don't really ever have anyone lock out a joint. Uh, important thing to realize when you are locking out a joint, locking out a knee or an elbow is the muscle around the joint is turned off. So if the knees are locked, the quadriceps, the quads are off, offline. We want to engage the muscles as we stretch them. It will protect your joints and also help you progress stretching wise. Uh, it'll help you get to your goal quicker too. Good. And, you know, on the balance thing that you mentioned, you know, I just saw not too long ago because my mom fell here a few months ago and uh, sustained serious fractures. And so somehow in all of that, I came across a pretty startling statistic about, you know, if you fall over a certain age, the morbidity rate uh, goes up dramatically. And so, you know, the whole maintaining good balance throughout the course of your life is obviously a big deal. It's huge. And if I go back to my undergraduate degrees, one of the pillars, the foundations of wellness, of fitness is balance. We have, you know, muscle strength, muscle endurance, cardiovascular endurance. We have core strength and we have balance and flexibility it's easy to just focus on a few of them that help us aesthetically uh, because balance, I, I couldn't pick out of a group of people just by looking at them if they have good balance or not good balance. So we get to this point too where we're like, okay, well, that maybe doesn't do anything for my aesthetics, but it definitely helps me feel better. And honestly, like this morning, I was just kind of jacking around with 
<laughs> my daughter, she was getting ready and I was just standing on one leg. And I was like, how many moms just stand on one leg in the kitchen? You know, like it was just fun. I just like doing it. <laughs> and I was being goofy or whatever, but it was like, it, you know, I just, I think about that often. Like, why not? Why not work on balance? Why not be first educated? Because I think oftentimes people just don't realize that it's important you know, because it's not as glamorous as maybe some of the other exercises, just simply standing on one leg. And I can tell you, when I first started really getting into yoga several years ago, standing on one leg was very hard, very hard. And uh, doing it barefoot is very helpful. You've got four corners of your feet. If you've ever thought about your big toe mound, your pinky toe mound, your inner heel and your outer heel rooting down into the ground because you have muscles on the bottom of your feet and the tops of your feet pushing down into the ground. It activates this chain of reaction, ankles, um, thighs and your glutes. And those are the muscles that chain that we want to be turning on for balance. So you can do a final experiment. I like to if you. If you touch your shoulder and you squeeze your hand and make a fist really, really tight, you can feel your shoulder muscles turn on. If you relax your hand and the muscles are off. So you can feel the line of fascia, the line of muscles that are all connected in the body and they work off of one another. That's the same as true as with your foot. If you're turning on your foot, your hips, they're turning on. That's interesting. And to the, another point that you were talking about here a minute ago and just kind of how, you know, if your body's tight, if you're not stretching, your body's tight, all those things. And, you know, it's kind of interesting in my world, I see, well, I kind of see two different scenarios where people get injured, like, especially at work, which is one, somebody say they 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 think a, a temporary job at FedEx or Amazon or something, they're going to go, they're going to move boxes around, whatever that looks like. And unfortunately, they're not in the physical condition that they probably should have been. And literally within a matter of time, something pops, something snaps, something happens, and now they have a pretty significant injury. And again, probably because their body wasn't adapted to what they're doing. The other one uh, on the kind of flip side of that is people that have just been doing work for the same kind of work long time. And obviously they're doing the work, but they're not necessarily countering the work with whatever, you know, you might be wanting to try to do to strengthen up your body keep it loose. And just over time, something builds up. There goes the back. There goes the shoulder. There goes the knee. Um, so I, I think it is really important again. And like you said, the stretching thing, it's, I'm the same way. I, you, I just don't want to do it. And, you know, I go, I do a workout and, you know, I basically have to force myself. Okay. Let's stretch out now. Um, or even on the front side, a little bit of loosening up, you know, and then going and doing it and then at the end. But yeah, the stretching thing, it just seems to always be sort of at the the back of our minds. But again, I'm thinking even in the workplace, you know, going in, if you've got a physical job, stretching, making sure things are loose and ready is probably a wise decision to try to avoid injury. 
Absolutely. I actually work with a company and the employees and I'll go in and do, you know, yoga in the afternoon for them just to help, you know, for anybody who wants it to, to, to counteract that, you know, in yoga, we have what's called a counter pose. And you mentioned kind of countering the effects of what you do. And uh, in yoga, it's okay. If we do this for, if I'm shortening this muscle for a while, whatever that is, then I'm going to lengthen it because it it's the opposite movement, which can feel really nice. It's the same thing is true if you're like really, really, really stressed and our nervous system is really heightened. It's really nice to figure out ways to get that to come down, whatever that may be. And for some people, it could be going on a walk. Um, if you can learn how to do some simple, you know, simple stretches, simple movements slowly, that can also help calm the nervous system. A calm body promotes a calm mind. So especially if you're feeling really heightened in your mind, moving slowly, whatever that may, that could be standing and swaying side to side, moving your hips side to side. It doesn't have to be anything outrageous. Moving slowly will slow your whole system down. Also, slowing down your breath. So breathing, we do it automatically. But if you just experimented with a long inhale, breathing in, and breathing out slowly, that instantly triggers your parasympathetic nervous system where it's down-regulating your nervous system into a calmer state. You come out of your fight-flight, freeze, and into your rest, digest, reset. And that's so healthy. You know, that's that was one of my pieces with, with uh, personal training, kind of going from personal training to yoga Pilates is I found that the mental piece, the nervous system piece was really a huge piece in overall health. We can get really healthy, um, our, you know, all the system, the cardiovascular, the muscle, we can get really strong and all of that, but that doesn't do anything for our nervous system if we're just always kind of up there, something to calm it down. One, it feels really great. And two, I do believe it's really healthy for us to be able to regulate ourselves in a way that, you know, kind of brings us down. Oh, for sure. Totally agree with that. And, you know, it's interesting that you talk about the employer that brings you in. I've always thought it would be great, right? If more employers, especially in some of these really physical jobs, because, you know, back to what I was saying, you know, these folks that come in and again, they're not necessarily adapted. Their body's not adapted to this new line of work. I mean, it's not their fault. They're they're coming in thinking, okay, they don't know that that's where they are. They don't know that their body's not ready for it. And again, I mean, time and time again, I see these types of injuries and, and how great would it be if employers, when they have that many workers doing that kind of work, you know, offered, right, some kind of program for them to come in right out of the gate and and get some of that work in with their bodies and 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 even some instruction on you know here's the proper way to do things for your type of job things like that and i don't know obviously you know that one employer i don't i don't have any idea if you have any idea how commonplace that is or not. That's a good question because my undergraduate degree was in corporate wellness and that was 20 years ago. However, I haven't really been in corporate wellness. And so I have some colleagues that I've reached out to in the last year or so. And it does seem like employees, uh, employers are into implementing 
wellness programs, whatever that looks like. Um, it's not all, and I don't really know. I would have to look up if that's something that is is really on the rise or if it's more something like, you know, you get a benefit if you want to go, you know, do X, Y, and Z. I have to imagine as we evolve as a society and as we learn more and more about wellness as it relates to the body and fitness, that that is something that is going to be more common than not common. When I look at the science of fitness, it is a very young science. You look at the science, the history of mathematics and chemistry, that's very, very old compared to the science of fitness. And in the last 20 years, just being out of school, how much the fitness world has changed, what we know. We're constantly testing the body, learning more things, learning what not to do because of the aging population. So you can kind of see like, oh, that didn't work. Okay, let's tweak that. And so I think we're learning more and more about what we need to do in order to be healthy and feel well. Well, and it's funny you say that because we've been talking quite a bit about stretching and hasn't that gone back and forth? Like, okay, dynamic stretching, meaning like you're moving, stretching, that's the better way. Then I'm thinking now dynamic, uh, static stretching straight up. You're not moving. You're literally stretching, getting stretched. That's now good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's all good. And the crazy thing, what I'm seeing too, I work with, uh, uh, one of uh, big uh, sports teams. Uh, I'm working with some high school uh, football teams, and it is it is like a thing now. Like their colleges, if your if your child uh, wants to aspire to a high level of you know physical activity post high school, they need to be mobility uh, have mobility. They need to be stretching regularly. So I worked with Liberty North football team, their varsity football team this last season from July until they won state. We worked the week, right? The week right before. And it was fascinating. This was the first year that I'd worked with this team, but the coach, uh, Andy brought me in because he was getting, he has, he had a lot of division one recruits and he has a lot of connections with the colleges and they are there. The feedback is the athletes are too tight. So he brought me in and what they found this year is they did not have any significant injuries. It really helped keep them healthier and helped keep them week to week ready for the next game. So recovery wise, it's huge. Uh, injury prevention, it's huge just from this first little season and anecdotal, you know, evidence of this is what, what happened and what worked. But it does seem like even in that realm that we are understanding and learning that stretching is absolutely important. And um, there's, you know, the the dynamic stretching, the holds, and especially as it relates to recovery, because now we know that on the cellular level, your fascia is rebuilding and repairing through holding longer periods of time. So were there a bunch of high school football players doing yoga with you? Yeah. Okay. And they loved it. Love. It was like, at first they did not because <laughs> it was hard, yeah. you know, and they've got, you know, this lady up here is like, what, what is she telling me to do? I want to, you know, bench press, you know, whatever they are, their, their body adapted. And by the end of it, I was looking around at them and they were all dang flexible. <laughs> it was the body adapted, you know? Um, so 
One thing to keep in mind with the body adapting is it absolutely does. We all have different hip anatomy. We all have different bone structures. So I often do say everybody is a little bit different in the, the hip anatomy. So um, my squat might look different than Eric's squat because we have different bone structures and that's okay. You just have to work with what you have around the hips, but they do they do open, they do get more flexible. We have so many muscles around the hips uh, that can respond to stretching, but um, yeah, it's really helpful for that's, sure. In yeah, all realms, cool. you know? Yeah. Yep. So, okay. As we kind of wind down, talk about what it is like when you're doing yoga, like, you know, what does that look like? Obviously everybody has, uh, that hasn't ever done yoga probably has some idea of, um, like incense burning and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. do that. You but can I totally mean, do that. <laughs> yeah. Let's just talk a minute about yeah. yoga, the benefits, like kind of what you do, what you're working on, those types of things. So when I do yoga on my own, it is move. I roll out my mat and I breathe and I move. And it really depends on the day, like I mentioned earlier. But when I'm teaching a class, it's, uh, you know, it's really just, I'm pretty rooted in science. I, I really love the anatomy of the body. It's fascinating to me. And so the way I teach and the way I go about it is really rooting down and becoming more aware with your body. So yoga, the essence of it, as I understand it today, is becoming more aware of your body, simply put. And using your breath, breathing in and out. And I mentioned the breath because as you inhale and you exhale and you move the breath a little slower and we calm the body, the ripple effect is your body will stretch further. So if you're an achiever, if you can calm your body, you will be able to stretch further because it no longer feels unsafe. When you when you slow the breath down, it's telling the body, hey, we're okay. We can stretch. We're good. You're not going to die. You don't have to be in your elevated state. Just like let us do our thing. And so that's helpful. Um, that's kind of what it looks like for me. You know, at the studio, I have different instructors and we offer so many different types of yoga. We have beginner. I love, love teaching right now yoga basics. And it is just complete newbies. You've never done yoga before. You come and you learn. And my whole concept of how I teach is to help you become aware of your body and to do what feels right for your body that day. The cool thing about it is, is you don't have to do, there's no right or wrong in yoga. It's not like you have to do it this way. You know, people will say, well, I would do yoga, but I'm not good at yoga. Well, that's not even a thing because it's just practicing yoga, which is why I called it the practice because it's just practicing. And then you notice the more you do down dog or a forward fold, or you, you know, lay on your back and bring your knee into your chest and you feel your lower back relax, the easier it gets and the body responds. And then the next time it feels maybe a little different or it feels a little better or whatever you get that day. But I, for me, it's being able to take different modalities of uh, beginning yoga, there's flow yoga, there's yin, restorative yoga, stretch and release. We do kind of all, I have just a lot of different options because everybody is walking in the studio and it's completely different. So I like to have different options for every single person. And there's different descriptions, you know, and things like that. But the the goal is that it, it's accessible to everyone. And we're launching a youth yoga. So ages 10 to 13, kids who just 
want to move and become more aware of their body. That could be they're, you know, into sports or they're not into sports, but they just want to uh, learn a little bit more about it. I think it's an invaluable tool to become more connected with our body because then we're not fighting against our body. We're kind of working with it. We have it for our whole life. So why not get to know it? And there's no question that if you're in sports and things like that, you definitely, as you already kind of pointed out, being flexible and having all of that together is going to uh, help you greatly in that endeavor. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So Mandy, if people want to follow up with you and find you, where do they do that? Uh, it's at Mandy Freilich with like a little underscore on Instagram. And then I'm Mandy Freilich on, it's the same profile picture on Facebook. The practice is in Liberty. So you could search for the practice in Liberty, Missouri. You can also type in uh, the practice-studio.com. Great. And well, thank you for coming today and giving some insights on the absolute importance of uh, mobility, stretching, balance, all those things in um, trying to, uh, again, recover from injury, uh, avoid injury, and really just living a nice, long, healthy life, right? Yep. Yeah, good. Well, thanks again. Thank you.